Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome, welcome, welcome to The Art of Being You. Guys, today's content is a little bit edgy, maybe a little bit controversial, and I gotta tell you, I'm okay with that. I titled this podcast, Help! I think I'm possessed! Because today we're talking about spiritual warfare in the life of a believer and what you need to know about it. How do you know if what you're dealing with needs deliverance or it needs perseverance? How do you tell the difference? So that's what we're diving into. As we dive into that and as we get started, I thought I would tell you a little bit about me um, and my approach and my sort of introduction into the paranormal and all of that. I was always a spiritually sensitive kid. Now, for some of you guys, this may be a phrase you're hearing for the first time, but there are those of us in the world who are spiritually sensitive. We discern and we feel things that other people don't feel. Raise your hand, everybody, if you're a discerner, because today is really all about you. I preached a message on the gift of discernment in my church a little over a year ago, and I wasn't really sure how it was going to go down because I knew there was one or two people in the room that were gifted like I am. And when I mean gifted, I don't mean that we're better. I just mean different, right? And so I preached this message, and unbeknownst to me, there was a woman who had come for the first time to our church, and she came up to me afterwards and she said, oh my goodness, Rachel, in my entire life, I have never felt known or understood, and you just made me feel so known because she was like me, a spiritually sensitive person, someone who just needs some understanding in things that are maybe a little bit too little talked about or not talked about enough. So I grew up as a spiritually sensitive kid. What that looked like in my life was I loved reading stories about the Salem witch trials. I get it. I'm weird. You don't have to tell me. But I remember as a kid, we took a trip with my family to the Boston area and we went to Salem, Massachusetts, and I went to the museum and I thought it was the coolest thing. And to this day, I don't know why. There was something about the paranormal that was intriguing to me. But I told you guys in the last episode, I did not grow up in church. So I did not have a grid that Jesus could do these things in a pure way and in a right way. So I just was fascinated by the fact that there could be an opportunity for supernatural things to happen by the grace of God. And I attribute this a hundred percent to my praying grandma, Annie, who was praying for me my entire life. I did not step into witchcraft or anything like that. Although there were plenty of opportunities for me to do that, but I was always very spiritually sensitive. So I could tell in my home when things were going well or when they weren't going well, Fast forward to college, and then I got married. I got married between my junior and senior year of college. And a few weeks into our marriage, maybe a month or two, I had a demonic dream. I'd had demonic dreams before, but none like this. And I'm not going to tell you the details. I'm just going to tell you I was terrified. It was a very traumatic experience for me. 
And I fled the scene of my house and I sought help. And my youth pastor at the time, who I was serving under as a youth leader in the church, he began to just speak prophetically over me. Rachel, you have a gift of discernment. We need to pray that God would use this gift and the enemy would not get a hold of it. What happened then was a three-month launching into a night terror season. Every night for three months, I was bombarded with demonic images, demonic encounters. It was just a really, really difficult time. Coming out of that three-month season and God rescuing me and beginning to teach me, I met a young girl in our youth group who was severely traumatized and heavily demonized as well. And, you know... I'm not going to tell you the stories to preserve her dignity, but they were crazy, the things that were happening. And I was in over my head like you wouldn't believe. I wish so badly I could like time travel back to myself in that moment and look this girl in the eye and end what the enemy was doing in her life. Because at the bottom line, at the bottom of everything, I did not understand my revelation as a child of God and the authority that we have because of that. But that young lady taught me a lot about spiritual warfare. My three months of night terror season taught me a lot about spiritual warfare. And I have read so many books and been to seminars and had mentors. And here I am today. Over the last six or seven years, I've been learning to look at spiritual warfare the way that God does. So that's a background for me to tell you. How do you know if what you're dealing with is demonic or not? I know some people who everything is demonic, right? If they sneeze, it's like, nope, that's demonic. I'm going to, they want me to get sick and, you know, bless me in the blood of Jesus and all of that. I know some people who are like, nothing is demonic. The enemy can't touch you if you're a believer and everything in between. I would encourage you when the Bible talks about those that were quote possessed, that word in the English language is actually better translated oppressed. So who can possess your heart? Jesus. Can you be possessed by a demon? Yes, you can if Jesus is not possessing your heart, but you can only serve one master. Do you guys remember that verse? And so in your house, there's one God, right? And so it's either going to be Jesus or it's going to be something of darkness. So here's what we need to understand. Possession is probably not happening to you if you are in Christ Jesus. Oppression is very much a different story. We can be on fire, loving God, going after the kingdom, seeing people healed, seeing, you know, sicknesses flee, just giving prophetic words and be oppressed by an evil spirit. It's kind of weird if you think about it, but it's true. So how do we know the difference? This is the best advice that I can give you. How long has this issue been with you? So I want to talk to you about my journey with rejection. When I was, uh, in college and in this time frame where I was learning, it became front and center in my life that I had a spirit of rejection. Guys, I had been in leadership in a church setting for a really long time at this point. So it's not to say that if you have something oppressing you, that's an evil source or an evil spirit, that you are inherently then possessed and nothing good comes out of you. That's where we have to understand, right? That's where we need discernment. But I was finding myself feeling the sting of rejection so greatly that it would cause me to weep. It would cause me to feel horrible about myself. It would cause me to just distance myself from people who I admired because I didn't want to be rejected. It was a vicious cycle. I would try to get close to someone, let them into my life, be disappointed and hurt, you know, tell myself, oh, it was too good to be true. You knew it should have been move on. And then it would just repeat itself over and over and over again. 
by the grace of God, a pastor friend of mine looked at me and said, Rachel, I think you have a spirit of rejection. The context of that was so beautifully done. So don't hear that as a bad thing. It was an amazing moment of breakthrough for me. I began to seek the Lord and say, God, how do you want me to get rid of this? And God brought someone into my life who was a skilled um, prayer counselor, in fact, praying and doing deliverance and inner healing as well, which are not the same thing just for anybody that was wondering. Inner healing is quite literally healing the insides of your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions, and deliverance is casting things out. So they're two different things, often umbrellaed under the same ministry. And so this man was praying for me and I had a dramatic deliverance. And what I mean by that is in the moment when I received prayer, I felt nothing different. But since that point, it's been 11 or 12 years since 12. Yeah, it's been 12 years since that happened. I have never once felt that sting of rejection in the same way. I have been rejected to my face. But in the midst of that pain, there has always been a perspective from God and an opportunity to choose that perspective. The Lord essentially said to me, and I know this isn't for everyone, but he said for me, if you want to feel that pain of rejection again, you will have to come to Jesus and ask him for the key to that door to open up that pain in your life again. By the grace of God, a dozen or so years later, I have never asked the Lord for that key back and I have walked free in ways I never knew was possible. In the moment of that prayer, there was nothing spectacular that happened just for whatever it's worth. So that's one example How do you know you're not just feeling rejected and you can get over it? Well, because you can get over it. When you have something that's truly oppressing you, it's like an Achilles heel. It's like you're running and then a bungee cord out of nowhere yanks you backwards and you're back to where you started. This can happen in finances. You're doing really good with your budget. You're doing really good with your budget. Several months go by and then something happens and boom, you're back to where you started. And that, and it's not just a one-time thing. It's when this has been a cycle that's being repeated. You can have this happen um, with all types of different issues in your life. And so my challenge to you would be to start paying attention. What are the things that you have going on? Are you being tormented at night in your dreams? It might be a need for deliverance. It might be an oppression from the enemy. Are you being tormented in your mind by how you think other people see you? Guys, listen, the abundant life that you've been called to, for you to be your best self, for you to perfect the art of being you, you're going to have to let some things go. You're going to have to get ruthless and say, you know what? This is not from the Lord. It's not in scripture. It's not part of the promises that I've been given on how I'm supposed to live. And so we're not having it. One of the ways you can tell when it's, a demonic oppression, or when you're dealing with spiritual warfare, is when you're praying, it gets worse. When you're praying, it gets worse. Now, I'm not talking about when you're literally saying words of prayer, but when you're praying to tackle the issue and it begins to flare up around you. For me, I could say this with rejection. There were so many opportunities to be rejected. Now, I want to be fair. I have been delivered from so many more things than rejection. I've been through probably a dozen or more deliverance counseling sessions, and I'm sure there will be more to come because as we go about our journey with Jesus and he peels back the layers and he teaches us how to be more ourselves, we discover things that are sort of hiding in the shadows of our identity, right? Belief systems that aren't from him. Now, sometimes all you have to do is just renounce that lie and that's it. You don't have to address a demonic spirit or anything like that. But if you've done that and you're not getting breakthrough, then it's time to take it up a notch. One of the most powerful things on the face of the earth 
is your God-given ability through Jesus to bind and loose. Matthew 18, 18 tells us this, that whatever is bound in heaven can be bound on earth. That means sickness, disease, demonic oppression, um, all of what that encompasses, it can be bound on earth. If you have toxic people in your life, Ephesians 6, when it's talking about uh, spiritual warfare, you know, it's saying, listen, remember, your battle is not against that person. Your battle is against the powers of the air that are using that person to afflict you, right? That's one of the ways we can learn to forgive is we can begin to put the onus on the enemy and not on the person who's afflicting us. Now, that doesn't mean we give them permission to come back into our life, you know, sort of like, like there's no boundaries involved. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's one of the ways that we can forgive. So we bind, we bind and we say things like this. In the name of Jesus, I bind up this spirit. If you know what it is, you call it by name. This is not the same thing as casting it out. It's literally gagging it up, right? It's quite literally the image of tying it up with a rope so that it cannot do what it wants to do. The enemy, John 10, 10, we talked about this in the previous episode. The enemy wants you to lose. He wants to steal what you have. You've got joy. He's coming for it. You finally got peace. He's coming for it. You finally have rest. You're finally at peace and rest with who God made you to be. He's going to come and try to steal that. If he can't steal it, he's going to try to destroy it. And if he can't just try to destroy it, if he can't destroy it, he's going to try to kill it. That's what he does. It's what the Bible tells us to do. But our source, Jesus, is the name above all names. He is the most powerful. So one other thing I want to tell you when we're talking about spiritual warfare as believers is there is no place for fear in you. Let me say that again. There is no place for fear in you. If you are afraid of the enemy at any point, you need a deeper revelation of the bigness of God. I'm not saying that's an invitation point for the enemy into your life. That's not what I mean. I just mean what God wants is for you to be so convinced that you are his child, to be so convinced that he is with you, to be so convinced that he is the biggest force on the earth. There is no open door that can make it that God can't overcome. He is just that big. And you need a revelation of that. You need to know that in the core of who you are. You need to be able to be at peace with the bigness of God with the parts of God that are kind of scary, with the ability of God to ride on the clouds and vindicate each and every situation. If you have fear in you of the enemy, it just means that there's a deeper revelation you need to step into of who God truly is. That will be one of the greatest journeys of your life, I'm just telling you. Because when you understand what you've been given, the authority that's been given to you by Jesus to rule and reign in your life, the enemy can't stop you at that point. So help, I think I'm possessed. Well, I would say to you, are you a believer? Then you're not possessed. So take it down a notch. A couple of really quick practicals. Number one, are you inviting the enemy in while you're also trying to pray him out? Just think about it. Are you inviting the enemy in? Are you doing things like Ouija boards, horoscopes, um, things that are of the occult, things that Satan has created, crystal balls, psychics, um, palm reading, you know, uh, horror films. I've seen some previews for horror films where I was like, well, isn't that interesting? I've seen a demonic creature that looks just like that in the spirit many years ago. Why? Because that person making the movie probably saw it too and made a movie about it. Listen, horror films can be, they're not all, but they can be huge open doors. So we can be praying, God, deliver me, deliver me, while we're literally leaving the back door open for the enemy to be cast out through the front and just march around the back and come in through there. So 
step number one, make sure you're not having any open doors to him. Make sure there's not any big sins that you're just deliberately not you know, getting past, that you're just deliberately letting stay in your life. And if there are, don't attack the spiritual warfare because you're not going to win in that moment. I mean, maybe that's the wrong thing to say. You don't have to agree with that, but it's counter it's counterproductive. Let's just put it that way. So number one, make sure there's not any hiding open doors. Number two, ask the Lord for a revelation of how big he is and wait on him until you get it because you cannot have any fear when you approach the enemy. You just don't need to. It's not like you can't. You just don't need it. God is so for you, for complete freedom for you. Step number three, if you're tracing your patterns, trace your patterns. If you're tracing them and you're seeing that you consistently, like a bungee cord, get moved back as you're moving forward, then there's probably something there in the spirit realm that needs to be kicked out, needs to be evicted. These are simple prayers. You can do these things by binding and loosing. So it looks like this. In the name of Jesus, I bind up this spirit. You cannot affect me at all. I bind you up. You cannot connect, communicate with me. You cannot affect my life, afflict my life, whatever words come out of you as the Lord leads you to pray. And I loose over me the freedom of God. I loose the, the peace of God. If I'm dealing with fear, I bind you up fear in the name of Jesus. You do not get to rule and reign in this house. I loose the peace of God and the rest of God to be the place um, to be the feeling that is in this house, not fear. That's what it looks like. You sub out whatever you're attacking with that. So number one, check and make sure you don't have any obvious open doors. Number two, ask the Lord for a revelation of how big he is. Number three, you're looking at the patterns that have been going on in your life. And then number four, and this is the most important, ask the Lord for godly discernment. Ask him for discernment. We don't want to be trying to repeat the patterns of our lives, just hoping this time it'll go different. We want to cut off the enemy at his head. Amen. We want to have victory. We want to have that abundant life. And you got to have a little bit of a fighter, a little bit of a scrappy guy in you that comes out and is like, oh no, it's on. So number four is the most important. Ask the Lord for discernment. And listen, if you ask God, Lord, would you give me discernment? Is this a demonic issue? You don't have to be afraid of what he's going to say. Because if he's saying it is, then he's ready to deal with it, okay? You got to trust him on that. So I imagine this is going to be one of those topics that you guys have a lot of questions about. You are absolutely free to shoot me a message on Instagram or Facebook. You can find me at Rachel Wartman at both of those. And um, I want to hear it from you. And I'm going to pray over anybody that's feeling like, oh my gosh, I now see that this was something demonic and I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I want to pray for you as we end today's episode. And again, please, if you have questions or if you need prayer, um, go get someone. Don't wait, right? The Bible tells us when two or more are gathered, the presence of the Lord is there and he's with you now anyway. And so there is help for you. Even the hardest of cases, there is help for you. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every person that's listening to the sound of my voice right now, that you would show them what they need to know. Lord, for any person that is being held back by cycles of oppression from the enemy, whether it's anxiety, fear, doubt, depression, sickness, and um, lust, whatever it might be, Lord, we call that out right now and we bind it up in the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Lord, that you give each and every listener the strategic plan of how to oust that cycle from their life and from their future life as well, from their children and their children's children and the generations to come as well. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your rest and your peace. 
And I just ask right now that you would bind up any fear that anybody feels from listening to this. Lord, we know that's not from you. And God, would you release a revelation of how big you truly are in Jesus' name. If you're looking for a great resource on deliverance that would help you, if you're like, man, I need that, you can go look up Rodney Hogue. He has a deliverance ministry and he's got some great resources with prayers that you can pray for yourself as well. He's got several books on Amazon and actually you can find it on the Global Awakening bookstore website, which is at globalawakening.com. Rodney Hogue is his name. All right, everybody, that's all I've got for today. Thanks for hanging in there. I can't wait to hear uh, what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? And what do you need prayer for? So until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.